2: 17.30 GMT, this is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou. Tonight, I'm here with...
3: Nashika Caesar.
2: And coming up over the next 90 minutes, after threats of strike and continuous opposition, government yields to organised labour's demands for pensions to be exempted from the debt exchange programme. But can government's targets be met without the pensions? Also coming up, the investment firm in which the finance minister, of Reata, has interest in, that is, Data Bank, closes shop temporarily after failing to pay customers with the resulting threats on employees. And later, on Eyewitness News, President Akufado's priority of priorities, the National Cathedral, starved of funds for the year 2023 as NDC MPs succeed in blocking The funds that were allocated for the cathedral, 80 million cities, that money has now been diverted by the finance minister to the Roads and Communications Ministry. Stay with 97.3 CTF and for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business,
3: task analyst Francis Timor Boy lords approval of reduction in e-levy rates.
2: That's in 50 minutes uh, from the business desk of CTFM and CDTV. Eyewitness News is live across Ghana on a number of affiliate stations, and I'm going to just give you a list of them, uh, depending on where you are listening to us from or where you are headed to. You can still listen to Eyewitness News. Now, if you are going to the northeast region, do well to tune into 98.1 FM. That's Nobia in Nalirigo. If you're going to the upper west region, look for Ganga on 94.3 FM in Jirapa. If you are headed for the Upper East Region, tune to Quality 88.7 FM in Garu. If it's a northern region that you are going to, it's Radio Gaki on 88.3 FM in Saboba that would help you listen to Eyewitness News. If you are going to the Upper, which is Volta, Heritage 107.3 FM in Hohwe and Freedom 88.1 FM in Sugakopo, we bring you this broadcast. If it is the Ashanti region you're going to, Adrinpa in Nkawie on 99.9 FM, we'll bringing you eyewitness news. In the Bono region, we are on Greener 95.9 FM in Sunyani. In the Western region, we are on Adrinpa 100.7 FM in Takwa, Beach 105.5 FM in Takradi, and Sky Power 93.5 FM also in Takradi. The show is interactive. Do join us with your messages on WhatsApp number 549 986 549 You can also use the hashtag City Newsroom. Alternatively, go on Facebook. We are live on Facebook. You're watching us from our studios here in Adabraka, in Akrava, City 973. Drop your comments there and the world will know what you think of the big stories we are bringing you tonight and the big story is that government has yielded to organized labor. Nashika has that
3: story. Right, Sander, government has agreed to grant exemption to all pension funds in the domestic debt exchange program. This comes on the back of Organised labor's plan to declare an indefinite strike from December 27 to drum home its demand for the government to exempt pensions funds from the debt exchange program, DEP. Addressing the media after signing a memorandum of understanding between government and organised labour, Minister for Employment and Labour Relations Igna. Ashos says government and organized labor will work together to resolve all issues to make the DDE program successful towards the restoration of microeconomic stability of the country.
4: Organized labor responded by indicating their unhappiness to the way the program is structured and as a result demanded that uh, government exempt all pension funds from the Domestic debt program. and even well ahead to threaten that in in an event that government fails to heed to their request on the 27th of December, they are going to embark on a nationwide strike. They have since followed their statement
1: with written. Uh, commitment to the National Labor Commission
4: seeking permission to undertake sale. The Council of State, following for the announcement from Organized Labor,
5: first invited Organized Labor to listen to them and thereafter
4: invited the government team to have an interface with us. This has led to a series of engagement between the government team represented by the, the Minister of, of National Security, the Minister of Finance and the Minister of Employment and Labour Relations with Organised Labour. Today we are happy to tell the whole world that we have had a common solution to the impasse, and that is Captured in the community, which will soon, or Memorandum of Understanding, which will soon be read to you, and which equally we are inviting you to witness the signing of the said agreement. So that is the reason why we have invited you here this evening. Um, Without much ado, I will go straight to the Memorandum of Understanding and read it. To the hearing of everybody, this is a memorandum of understanding dated today, date Thursday, twenty second December, twenty twenty two. Four meetings held at the Ministry of Finance in December twenty twenty two between Government of Ghana, represented by the Ministry of Employment and Labour Relations, Minister of Finance, and the Ministry of National Security on the one hand, and organised labour stroke associations represented by leadership of all labour unions stroke associations, on the other hand, to resolve issues on the exemptions of all pension funds in the domestic debt exchange A program announced
1: by government on the 5th of December 2022. Government has decided to
4: grant exemption to all pension funds in the domestic debt exchange program and government and organized labor will, however, work together to explore mutually beneficial options within that sustainability limits and to also promote microeconomic stability and
3: economic recovery in the spirit of social partnership. That was the Minister of Employment and Labor Relations, Ignatius Bafuiwa. The Minister of Finance, Ken Oforiata, also addressed journalists at the press conference.
0: State, um, and my colleagues here now for, for today's um, agreement. It's important um, for the spirit
1: of where we are going as a nation. Um, as you know, on December 13th, um, we signed this historic agreement. Um, staff level agreement
0: with the fund which brought a sense of stability yesterday as you know until 4.30 a.m. Um, Parliament
1: passed appropriation in the budget uh, further bringing confidence as to
0: where we are going um, so of course the threat um, of uh, the strike will not have been inured um, to the spirit of the direction of where the nation is going Obviously, um, the issue of uh, exempting pension um, trans- funds from it is at a cost, and um, we have committed and government and uh, labour, um, organised labour, to work together um, to ensure um, that we find means of plugging uh, the hole that uh, that should um, ensure that we retain. Um, to the 55% threshold. And I think that we are all committed to it because we know it's important um, to lead us to uh, support agreement um, so that we continue uh, with the success that we have. Uh, but really in the spirit of Christmas and the partnership that we have, uh, I want to thank everybody who participated in this uh, on the way forward. Um, the government has done its part of the SLA Parliament came through very strongly yesterday, over yesterday, and then labor today um, it's also showing an accommodation, not only to receive the assumptions, uh, but we also have to make sure that we restore that
3: sustainability. Um, and we thank you for that. Finance Minister Ken Ofuriata. Meanwhile, a, pr- a representative for Organised Labour and Secretary General of the Trade Union's Congress, Dr. Yalba, also spoke after the Minister's made the announcement.
5: Organised Labour leaders, I would first of all like to thank the President and his government for listening to us. It's not as if we want to cause disruptions, not. but I think that pension funds must not be touched. I think the city thing. we should work together to improve pensions in this country. We have come to this deal to exempt pension funds from this domestic debt testing programme. Mm-hmm. And I would like to recognise mm-hmm. the role especially the role played by the Council of State under the leadership of Nana Utu Suhoko. He personally worked tirelessly, making phone calls deep in the night to both labor and government to ensure that we have peace in this country. And I would like to recognize that role that he played. I also would like to recognize the role played by the Minister for Finance himself our sector minister, minister for employment, the minister for national security, Mm. and the team, the staff here at the ministry for all what they have done for us to get here. We want to assure government that organized labor will work with government so that together we can get to where we were before all this instability came to our country because stability will help all of us. And we are committed to all what we have said here, that we will continue to work in the spirit of social partnership and ensure that Ghana gets back to where we were before this crisis. We are very we are very sure that we will get there. Mm. Now, from here, we would like to invite all the press to the TC call we are going to meet the press and formally make some very important announcement.
3: Dr. Yalba is the Secretary General of the Trade Unions Congress.
2: This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF and we are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka, in Accra. Let's understand what this means exactly. The organised labour have been making the demand government has Correct. Professor Ransford Jampo is with the University Teachers Association of Ghana, UTAC, a member of the Group of Organized Labor. Prof, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, thank you, thank you. So, this means that a decision has been made by government, your pensions will not be touched? Yes. And there's no if, there is no but, it is settled?
6: We told government that it can go ahead with its debt restructuring program or debt exchange program, but um, it shouldn't touch our pension. And it's been announced to us um, following several engagements and meetings that they are not going to touch it. But then um, we have also agreed to work with them to look for um, how whatever shortfalls um, there may be would be um, addressed. And so for me and for Labour, what is interesting and what we are excited about is that we've been able to um, ensure that we rank fence our pension, and that's what my people wanted us to do, and we've achieved that. So we're excited about that, and uh, it's important that we make um, this put out this information. That look, Labour, if we decide to work together, without Allowing petty partisanship to divide our ranks will be a force to work on with, will be the needed countervailing authority to the excesses of those who wield executive power. As we indicated earlier, they should have consulted us before taking some of these decisions they didn't. But I'm happy that we've been able to bring some pressure on them and we've prevailed. Otherwise, as we indicated, we're going to go on strike. There was going to be a total public sector shutdown on 27th, and we, we, we meant it. But we are at the same time happy that, um, um, government has intervened or has decided to listen to us. So we cautiously thank the government for listening to us, and we hope that we'll be able to all use dialogue to settle some of these things, you know, going forward
2: then automatically it would be expected that you have um, suspended or called off the intended strike.
6: Well, there will be no strike action again on 27th. I think there's a press conference going on right now that pulled me out from, and that has been very well communicated.
2: Now, when you also say that you are going to discuss with government how you can make up the shortfall, does it mean organized labor is willing to make some sacrifices for governments, um, well, the point is
6: this: um, a meeting. The government will provide the avenue for some meetings to um, to go on. What is of importance to us? In fact, the reason why we got where we are now is simply because we said we didn't want our pension to be taxed. All other things, when they come before us, we will discuss it
2: we well, very well. we to see what uh, the proposal by government would be and what your response would be. Thank you so much for speaking to us and thank you for leaving that uh, press conference speak to us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. That's Professor Ransford Jampo. He is with the University Teachers Association of Ghana. Uh, This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka, Inaka. So how does government make up for the shortfall? That is the next question because uh, earlier we spoke to an analyst who said government either drinks deep or it doesn't taste at all. Now that government um, has made an intention to drink deep, it must. But with the decision to hive off pensions from the general debt restructuring where will the shortfall be coming from, or where is the extra support going to be coming from? Those are some questions we'll be putting to other persons of interest in this subject when we come back. This is Eyewitness News. Please stay.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
2: You're welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Dr. Patrick Esumin is an economist with the University of Ghana Business School. Doc, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you. Good evening, and good evening to the Good evening. The government prepared a package. Which package is presented to Ghanaians? A group of Ghanaians said it will not agree to that proposal. There has been a threat of a strike. Government has cowered and uh, yielded. Government says the debt restructuring program will not affect pensions. What will be the consequence, positive and negative? Uh,
7: so... I think first of all, once the original computations in terms of uh, how much we plan to save includes uh, pensions, it means that something you know some we have to find some other means to replace uh, what what we are not getting from the pension side. I think the potential is to, you know is going to communicate that maybe if other groups resist they could also, you know, ask for them to be excluded. So there's, there's always that potential. What what it has though do is that, you know, if that consequence doesn't happen, then it means that we are we are ready to move on quickly because the resistance from the, the pension group, especially going through the labor unit, you know, would have been a major problem. So I think in this case, the way for us to quickly get ahead and move on with the, the person, that, that is possible. But you always, have to, you always have to worry about what this will mean for other groups who are
2: currently not Okay, now what this means is that the goalpost has changed. The communication to the IMF would also change. And what that means is that government would have to look elsewhere or... Um, they, there will be a shortfall which shortfall would then be considered by the IMF and that would ultimately affect the program
7: I think I mean there's, there's, that, that potential is there but there's another where that may not happen governor can consider other adjustments in other sectors so it is now still discussing with the external creditors. so this might factor in but it's also, it's also possible that when government announced this proposal, it would have anticipated that there would be some resistance and it probably factored in some adjustment that it hasn't clearly communicated to, to the people of Ghana. So, yes, on the surface, it looks like this, I mean, this could uh, mean that some readjustment in terms of the original plans and discussions. But I'm sure the government would have considered all of this before granting this particular example.
2: Very well. Uh, you've also made a point about now that government has listened to one group, other groups may come up. What do you think that would mean to the program generally? Could it jeopardize government's plans?
7: So, if other groups came up, yes, that that, that could be a potential problem. My sense is that, you know, the government has engaged independently. Don't forget that, you know, the domestic debt, the biggest, uh, the highest category is held by the bank. And you would have noticed that a couple of weeks back, the Bank of Ghana had announced some measures, call it measures that will help soften the impact on them. So, I'm sure maybe some independent discussion has been held and then maybe on the other side they're happy to go ahead. Then, so, because the way the government has gone about it is engage group by group. So, it's not obvious that necessarily the other group will, will, will have come out. So, if a group has already agreed to, it's unlikely that hearing this, they will come back and say, Oh, now let's go back and change the terms.
2: Very well. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you. Have a good evening. You too. That's Dr. Patrick Assuming. He's an economist with the University of Ghana Business School. And, like uh, you heard from Professor Ransford Jampo a short while ago, there was a press conference. Uh, by organized labor on this particular decision let's hear uh, from um, Dr. Yaban he is a Secretary General of the Trades Union Congress he spoke on behalf of organized labor let's hear what he had to say
5: for us to continue again, to break down this- and to stabilize the country. Because without that, this achievement will be coming We have to do that all day. On this note, I would like to officially inform our members that the intended strike we announced on the 19th has been called. We will monitor the situation and if we have to Come back to you, we will. Win. I would like to repeat that on the 27th, nobody should stay at home. Please go back to work. Because our demand, our demand has been met. And the condition we gave ourselves was that if our demand is met, we will organize this conference, press conference, and inform you. And that is why we are uh, uh, organizing this press conference. I would like to repeat that on the 27th, Of December, we are all going back to work. Nobody should stay at home. There is no strike. And we are very (laughs) thankful to God for this. Thank you very much and God bless
2: you. So that's Dr. Yaobahi, Secretary General of the Trades Union Congress, speaking on behalf of organized labor at the Labor House in Accra. Uh, where they've been explaining to Ghanaians what their position is. Doctor, not doctor. Joe Jackson is in the finance world. He is with Delux Finance. And uh, he, like I always remind you, is the first person to have mentioned the phrase haircut in relation to our IMF program on Eyewitness News. So we often call him up anytime there's new development in relation to the government's debt sustainability uh, analysis and uh, the program that it is currently implementing. So we've called him up again tonight to pick his thoughts on this new position and new twist by government on the demands by organized labor. Joe, you're welcome to Eyewitness News.
6: Thank you and uh, a good uh, compliment of the season to all your listeners and viewers.
2: Thank you. And do make that in material terms because, you know, these are difficult times. So don't just say compliments. Add something. When
6: I say compliments, I'm usually creeping out my phone to do some (laughs) Momo.
2: Joe, you're so good. Thank you so much. Now, I, I just used a term you gave me a short while ago where you said that government either drinks deep or it doesn't taste at all. Government has decided to go the full haul with the announcement of the debt restructuring. After a lot of agitation and threats of labor strife, the government has decided to do a U-turn on the pensions of workers, which is what workers have said should not be touched. For the workers, obviously that would be good. For government, it would also be good because they wouldn't be starting the new year with um you know a problem on the labor front. However, there was a reason they intended to add the pensions now that they've removed that. There could be dire consequences, can there?
6: Listen, Labour has muscle, and Labour flexes muscle, and the and indefinite strike, etc., etc., and the government keeps in. Unfortunately, something else also must give. And, if there was any constituency that needed to be reconsidered, was the pensions, at the same time, the government has to find another way of plugging that hole in its journey to debt sustainability. That means it's either going to restrict expenditure further in the months and, and, uh, and uh, years ahead, or it is going to need more help. In which way, it is not going to be easy. But, listen, the poor pensioner needs help. And so if there was any constituency that needed to be considered, the pensioner definitely was.
2: Now that the pensioner is going to smile, the government has to be frowning. Where can the government look? Where else?
6: Well, one of the things the government can look is to uh, maybe negotiate harder with the external debt uh, uh, constituency. Who have formed a committee to negotiate with it, because there's going to be speech on this end, so somebody else has to give. So maybe it will transfer its the pain of the pensioners to the pain of the external bond holders. Otherwise, because hello Joe, hello,
2: apologies, I lost Joe Jackson there. He's uh, He's Director of Strategy and Business Operations at DLX Finance. We we'll try to re-establish contact with him. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka, in Accra, around Ghana. We are on a number of affiliate stations and around the globe on com. We are also live on Facebook. A number of you are already there watching us and sending your messages. Al-Hassan Hamdan uh, is sending a message from Nyohini. And he says, Ghana is totally bankrupt and no investor is uh, interested in gambling his resources by investing money into the country. They shouldn't try to use Asnit money for their so-called debt restructuring or debt exchange program. Um, This one from... um, Okay, I'll I'll do that. I'll do the messages. Let me go back on the phone. I'm told that Joe Jackson is back. Joe, um, you were explaining to me where else governments can go shopping. You said a good avenue would be the external debts. Share more, and then if there are other alternatives for government uh, to to explore. Uh, I can hear you. Yes, can you hear me now? I
6: can
2: hear you now. Great. So I'm asking before we lost you there that you were. Explaining that the government could consider the external debt, the restructuring, it could be tighter there because it has lost out on the pensions of workers. Share more with us on that. And if there are other alternatives to government or for government, please share that too.
6: Okay, I don't think on the domestic front there is going to be an alternative. The program has been announced, the deadline is looming. And so I suspect that this exemption of pensioners will just leave the rest will just leave a hole in uh, domestic debt sustainability. That uh, hole will now be transferred, possibly, to the external front to negotiate harder, either by sh- spreading the time of the ball of 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 the restructuring to give it more space, or offering a severe cut in interest and possibly principal uh, 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 haircuts or reductions. But it's hard for me to see how it's going to be able to resolve, uh, um, transfer this to another constituency locally. In any case, once one constituency has been able to fight, albeit with a very strong power, the Treasury bills are a huge constituency. The, The... I just think that domestic, it won't fly. It won't fly domestic. It won't fly but,
2: even if the haircut were to target interest payments.
6: No. It will be tough. Or Remember to, or, or so to target, target be, the capital or, itself too. Yes. Remember that one of the reasons why the domestic debt hasn't received as widespread uh, revolt as it could have was that treasury bills were exempted, individuals were exempted, And corporates who are smaller, typically with a regulator hanging in the background, also because of their people who have a stake in the financial stability. They were the ones who were targeted. I can't see that changing pretty soon. But since that
2: door for government, one door has been shut, it may be considering the opening of other doors, and if... Treasury bills is the quick loan. They may well be going to that, you don't think?
6: I think that that will be uh, opening another front in that war that does not even guarantee victory. I suspect that they will transfer their attentions to the foreign, foreign debt holders.
2: And if that fails?
6: Uh, if that fails, we are indeed in deep, deep trouble. But remember that they are also more likely to be successful on that front. One, because the World Bank is standing there saying, I am behind Ghana and I've cut a deal with Ghana. Two, because the bonds there already have such horrendous yields that it is possible to, to negotiate a deal much harsher than locally where the yields, the, the yields were pretty small.
2: Very well. Uh, we'll wait to see what new dance government is going to deploy. But but before you go, please uh, indulge me. Uh Since you are all in the same space, I received an email from Data Bank today. They have since gone public on what they have done. The email I received early morning, 5 o'clock, it said, Important notice, Data Bank to work remotely through digital channels. Let me just read that. It says, Dear Clients, Please note that effective tomorrow, December 2022, all data bank staff will be working from home until January 10, 2023. When I saw this, I thought it was the usual Christmas break. So I didn't bother. Then there was a subtitle that says, why this decision? I decided to read. And it says, we are in the midst of a macroeconomic crisis, which is adversely affecting our industry and therefore data bank. Due to the crisis, many fund managers had difficulty selling their government of Ghana securities. This inability to sell meant fund managers could not get the necessary cash to pay withdrawal requests. In instances where bonds were sold, it was often done at a discount because the market value of bonds had fallen significantly. This situation worsened after the launch of the debt exchange program on December 5, 2022. Following the launch, activity on the secondary market has virtually come to a halt, making it impossible for us to access liquidity. This this is because fund managers are expected to exchange all their existing bonds for the new ones being issued by the government. However, if we are able to trade the bonds we have, we are unable to access any cash to pay withdrawal requests. Therefore, our original two-week estimate for withdrawal requests has now been impacted. Discussions with regulator. that's the title, then they continue to say why we are working remotely. Many of our clients have tried to be patient with us as we wait for the government to provide liquidity. For this, we are extremely grateful. However, there are several clients who have felt the need to abuse our staff physically and verbally and also threaten their lives as well as their families. As such, we have no choice but to move to a work from home option. So this is a statement uh, or an, an email that Data Bank sent to me this morning, and it has sent the same to several other clients, and there's also already a public communication. Has this affected you too, Joe, or are you aware that there are other institutions in the financial world that are facing similar challenges, which is even including threats?
6: Okay. Now, first of all, it hasn't affected uh, us at the finance. Neither has it affected the commercial banks and other institutions that are governed by the central bank, by the GAM Bank of Ghana. We are in a completely different situation. We have our challenges, but nowhere near as severe as those who are managed by SEC, who are asset managers, for whom a lot of investors did not realize that the only promise they made to you was that they would take your funds and invest it on your behalf with the belief that they are smarter and know what the right thing to do. If you make, if they make profits by investing your funds, you earn those profits. If they make losses, they pass it on to you. Now these institutions bought bonds and unless they can sell those bonds, they can't pay you back your premium this is the issues this is the issue to do with data bank and other institutions that are managed by the securities and exchange commission it started with asking these institutions to value customer assets by exactly what the market is the mark to market request once that happened Customers started seeing a dramatic drop in their balances because they would only have the, the, the valuation that can give to them. So by the time the debt the, the debt, the domestic debt exchange program was announced and facing even bigger cuts, customers strength and us getting at the same time. Announcement have collapsed the bond market. So asset managers were being squeezed both ways. Huge demand for asking for their money and at the same time, nowhere else to liquidate and pay those demands. That is what has happened now.
2: I was listening Joe. to conversations today where people suggested, Joe, that what Data Bank has done is akin to what happened to Dr. Indum's bank and they've even gone a stretch further to say this is typical namwan activities. Apologies to namwan Are they the same or because of the special circumstances we are in now, you cannot necessarily blame them as you would blame the others in the past?
6: Well, first of all, we are in special circumstances. We are in an economic crisis. I think uh, you, uh, once the government has lifted its hand up and says, I can't pay my debts. Everybody should understand that these are special times. And so it's not as if everything was running normally and then they just decided to close their banks, their doors, and say, we can't pay. They are ex- special, extenuating circumstances. But yet I can understand that if you are a customer and you are looking for your money, to spend this Christmas or for whatever reason you are looking for your money. extenuating circumstances that I'm talking about is, does not help you at all. But you've got to admit that we are in a financial crisis. We've been in, we, we, we are in a country where the government has formally declared that I am so broke I can't pay my debts. I'm so broke that even if I owe you, I want you to stretch it for after the next 15 years. The next year, I won't pay you any interest at all. And this is in a country where inflation is presently over 50%. So the situation is there. Right. First of all, let's remember this is a situation that is limited primarily to asset managers, not the other institutions managed by the central bank and uh, uh the commercial banks the likes of DLX, we are not really affected directly insurance companies as are, are, are not affected directly so let's let's understand that there is a set of circumstances that are special that have affected sex. in fact i believe that sec should come out and issue a statement and 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 assure these customers that they will get some relief, but sex being quiet doesn't make doesn't help because this is really an issue to do with tech. and the companies that it is regulating.
2: Well, um, we want to see if SEC could say anything. But thank you so much, and um, I'm happy to hear that you are safe. Uh, say hello to. Can thumbs him for us and tell him that tell him that he knelt down for the president, but things are still getting bad. He may want. You <laughs> should call up the president and have a chat with him.
6: I, I I I hope the president will respond to his call. But it was a genuine call from the heart. These are tough times, and I hope that the decision-making process is more inclusive than exclusive.
2: Thank you so much for speaking to us. That's Joe Jackson. his Director of Strategy and Business Operations at DLX Finance. When we come back, we hear from Data Bank. Uh, They've been speaking on the decision.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice
6: be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ct97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city 973 and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city 973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News.
3: Yo, welcome back. Let's do some other stories now. Investment firm databank has announced that effective Thursday December 22 its offices will be shut down with staff allowed to work remotely due to increased abuse and attacks the company says it has been hit hard by the current microeconomic challenges and the recently announced debt exchange program making it difficult for the company to have access to liquid- liquidity to meet the demands of customers in an interview with city News CEO of databank Kojo Adai mentioned, stated that the decision had become necessary to ensure the safety of staff and clients.
8: If you recall, um, the original date that was set um, was the nineteenth of, of, of December, if I if, if I'm not mistaken, um for us to, you know, tender in the bonds. But then the Labour agitation started, the Labour unions, you know, Nagrat, NAT. Um, Claw SAG, everybody, I mean name it uh, registered nurses, everybody was coming out um, with one statement or the other protesting and since then we've been engaging um, the regulators the, the minister, the central bank the Securities and Exchange Commission you know on, on the situation at hand and the need to provide liquidity, to provide money um, to be able to pay people even while this is going on but what that meant was that there was no trading again um, following the announcement, the secondary market literally ground to a halt. So here you are, I've been using the tomato and onion example where, okay, CTFM, you're in Adabraka. So that Adabraca or the one down your road there, you know, you have your tomatoes, you go, the place is locked up. You can't, you can't sell. Or even if so, there's somebody willing to buy, I mean, your 100 CDs is worth 30 CDs to the person. Now, if, if, if I sell it at 30 CDs, Michael, how much am I going to bring to you? You know, that, that's where we are. And then, so it got our clients, even I must say the majority of our clients have been very patient, have been very understanding, have, you know, empathized with us, have understood, but there are some too who are understandably very irate. You know, and um we've been threatened. We've, we've been receiving threats for the past three weeks. You know, as in, look, by the time you come to work tomorrow, we would have burned this place down. We're going to raise this place down. You, I know you, you come on TV. And Michael, you know, I'm a sports bandit, you know, and they, they come into, uh, not, well, I meet them, um in the meeting room and they'll say, you, I know you, I know you, you come on TV, you think I don't know you, I know who you are, I know where you live. I'm going to track you down. You know, we've been receiving serious threats. I'm not kidding. And I want people to understand why we have had to take this decision that you, you, you can get police officers in the office. You can get security in the office. The issue is not about the office. The issue is about home, the staff, their families. You know, I can't put people and their families at risk just because government is not obliging to their obligation. I can't do that. So we, we needed to take Yes, I know it's a drastic decision, but it was an important decision for the life and safety of uh, especially staffers and even some clients. Because while some clients will be in the, the banking hall understanding, empathizing, and another is not, and they, they have a misunderstanding, they could even be fighting each other. You know, I've been trying to communicate this to the regulators to say, look, it's getting to Christmas. This is December. In January, we're going to pay school fees. They need to provide us with liquidity. It's not like we have gone and done an illegal transaction. We didn't go and buy a derivative somewhere in Egypt. We didn't go and do anything untoward. We have followed the rules of the game. To the letter, what we are holding, our government of Ghana bonds. When we were in school, it was said it's risk-free. That's, that was a terminology given to government of Ghana bonds. Oh, it's risk-free, it's risk-free, it's risk-free. But now here we are facing a risk. Facing a liquidity crunch, we had to take a drastic decision. And I hope government is listening because I cannot put the lives of people at stake. We are the biggest, we are the largest, we have the largest customer base. And that is why suddenly the news is going around everywhere. But that's the reality.
3: That was the CEO of Data Bank, Kojo Adai Mensa. Now, fund holders of the bank expressed disappointment over their inability to withdraw funds following the closure of the bank's branches. Most customers who visited the Kumasi branch of the firm say they have not received prior notice from management about the closure. The unhappy customers spoke to City News after visiting the offices of the firm. Since
1: 29th November, and I was promised redemption 10 working days. And as we speak, I haven't had anything. They haven't credited my account. So I came to check. And when I came, the place is locked. It's very worrying because I need it for an urgent something. I need it. It's because of a rainy day that we put our money somewhere. So that uh-huh, if I need it, we just fall on it and then you do whatever you want to do with it. But as a now, I don't even know what to do.
9: But have they given you a message that they were breaking, they were not going to work today?
1: No, no, As for this, this message, I haven't heard it.
9: What is the option for you now?
1: I don't have any option, what do I do? Mm? My brother, my, my cash is stuck here.
9: How much are we talking about?
1: It's in the office of 7,000. In fact, I, was, I, I wanted to take 10, but they said I couldn't take the 10. They will give me 7,000.
9: 7, I was sent by my boss to check
10: if their office is open, and when I came, it was closed.
9: I saw you reading the notice there. What information did you gather from the notice? I think they were saying they work from home, remotely from home, and because of the, the, the bond issue, that's why they've gone on an early break like that. So. But have you communicated this information to your
10: boss? No, no, not yet. Oh, I came here, they sent us a message uh, last night, and I came here to find out whether it's true or not. But when I came, it's true. Were you
9: coming to withdraw some cash?
10: Yeah, I, I was coming to drop some cash. I did it earlier last two weeks, but they said I should wait for two weeks. So I know by the close of this week I will, it will come. So I wanted to come and find out whether it will be like that. That's why I came. But when I came, it's not like that.
9: So what's the option for you now?
10: Oh, they said two weeks, so I'm waiting for the two weeks to be. And the two weeks will be this Saturday, so I'm waiting for that. I'm here to take. My balance, to see how much I have in the bank. When I came, there was no staff over here. So I'm very very disappointed.
9: Did you receive any message from your bank, from this bank, that you they are closing the offices? No, no, no. No, I didn't receive anything.
3: You heard some data bank customers in Kumasi speaking to our Shanti regional correspondent, Hafiz Tijani. Now, the Minister of National Security, Albert Kandapa, has revealed that Ghana and Burkina Faso have reaffirmed their mutual commitment to work together in the fight against terrorism in the West Africa sub-region. Burkina Faso recalled its ambassador to Ghana a few days after President Ekufo alleged that Burkina Base had rewarded a Russian mercenary group with a mine close to Ghana's borders. Analysts had feared relationships between the two neighbors would deteriorate over the president's statement. But in what appears to be a swift diplomatic intervention, the national security minister led a delegation, including staff of the foreign affairs ministries to Ogadougou for a meeting on the issue after which he said the relationship has been restored.
11: We've discussed a number of important uh, issues uh, concerning the statement that the president of Ghana uh, is supposed to have made in the United States. We talked about the various interpretations that uh, have been given to the remarks that were made by the uh, Ghanaian president Uh, we've talked about how people have sought to give different uh, ways intentions interpretations uh, to it all and um, the specific discussions I believe is inappropriate for me to uh, declare them publicly but yes we did cover all the necessary grounds uh, so that there will be common understanding it's not possible to Uh, get a common understanding without talking about these major issues. Yes, uh, we have done that. We have expressed the need for our two countries to hold more regular consultations. And this we pledge to do with immediate effect. We are most grateful for the frank discussions we are most grateful that we've been able to chart a new path going forward and we look forward to ensuring that we will be able to go ahead with the decisions that we have arrived at and that Ghana And other West African countries, especially the Accra Initiative countries, will continue to recognize that victory for Burkina Faso will be victory for all the other Accra Initiative countries.
3: Albert Kandapa is the Minister of National Security. Now, as part of efforts to promote the well-being of mental health patients, management of Alisa Hotels has donated a number of items and cash worth 10,000 Ghana cities to the Accra Psychiatric Hospital. Items donated include uh, towels, bottled water, canned drinks and cooked food. The move forms part of the company's corporate social responsibilities and activities it has outlined ahead of the Christmas celebration. The group sales and marketing manager of Alisa Hotels, Esperanza Ajay, spoke to City News about the donation.
12: A lot of people take their general well-being for granted, but it's something that we take for serious at the hotel. So we thought it wise to impact that area of health. That's why we chose the Aquasak. We donated different items, food, warm meals for the inmate a patient and then also some linen towels, bed sheets, duvet to help improve the conditions here at the hospital. So this year, Alisa Hotels um, decided to place a lot of emphasis on mental health. So this year on Mental Health Day, we had some sampling, taking, like questionnaires given to staff to examine stress levels. So out of that, we decided that, okay, we need to place some premium on that, the reason why we chose the psychiatric hospital for this exercise.
3: Esperanza J is the group sales and marketing manager of Alisa Hotels. Receiving the items on behalf of the hospital, the specialist psychiatrist Dr. Na Adolibotri expressed appreciation to the management.
12: So Christmas is that time of the year when we show love to others. The management and staff, patients of the Accra Psychiatric Hospital, we are very grateful to Alisa Hotel for thinking about us and taking the step to come and make this donation to the hospital. Indeed, the warm meals, the linens, everything you have donated today will go a long way to help our patients get better. We know that mental health is quite a neglected area in health. Some of the patients have been here for years. They hardly have people visiting them. And so on such special occasions when we get such donations it makes them feel happy and special and loved
3: You had specialist psychiatrist Dr. Na Adolibuchi at the Accra Psychiatric Hospital get in The details of every significant
0: financial transaction every market movement and all the policies that affect your business City Business News Be informed
3: Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News brought to you by First National Bank and powered by citybusinessnews.com. I'm Nashika Caesar. Let's settle for the details. Investment firm DataBank has announced that effective Thursday, December 22, its offices will be shut down with staff allowed to work remotely due to increased abuse and attacks. In a statement, the company said it has been hit hard by the current microeconomic challenges and the recently announced debt exchange program, making it difficult for the company to have access to liquidity to meet the demands of customers. In an interview with City Business News, CEO of DataBank, Co- Joe Adai mentioned, stated that the decision had become necessary to ensure the safety of staff and clients.
8: We recall that the last time I had a conversation with you, it was around the mark-to-market market, um, thing and um, at that time the market price of the bonds, government bonds were holding, had dropped quite drastically in a very short period and people didn't really understand why the values of their monies was was dropping um, that quickly and and I explained to you how it 's just like going to the market and um, having the price of your goods drop so that's that 's what we were faced with and then um, just when we felt we were dealing or we had dealt with it and had educated clients quite well in understanding that it was a market situation. The debt, the domestic debt exchange program, um, was announced. And even prior to that, there were feelers going around that it was about to happen. And what did that do? That meant that at that time, um, it, it, it meant that literally we could not, we could not even, um, take the bonds that we're holding to market to sell. So if Michael, you came to me, uh, Kojo, Kwesi, Ama, Kofi, came to me saying, okay, I need um, 1,000 CDs, I need 500 CDs, and I needed to go sell this bond um, to be able to then give you your money. And with the announcement, that the bond market literally came to a halt because we were supposed to then exchange the bonds we were holding for the new bonds that were going to be issued.
3: You hear the CEO of Data Bank, Kojo Hadai Mensa. Meanwhile, fund holders with investment and fund management firm Data Bank are expressing disappointment over their inability to withdraw funds following the closure of the bank's branches. Most customers are visiting the Kumasi branch of the firm say they have not received prior notice from management about the closure. The unhappy customers spoke to City Business News after visiting the offices of the firm. Since 29th
1: November, and I was promised redemption 10 working days. And as we speak, I haven't had anything. They haven't credited my account. So I came to check. And when I came, the place is locked. It's very worrying because I need it for an urgent something. I need it. It's because of a rainy day that we put our money somewhere.
3: You had some data bank customers in Kumasi speaking to our regional correspondent Hafiz Tijani now the vice president of Imani Center for Policy and Education Bright Simmons has taken a swipe at government for failing to extensively engage stakeholders in its debt restructuring program this he maintains has stifled the progress government seeks to achieve in restoring fiscal discipline to the economy this comes on the back of the Ministry of Finance's announcement of introducing a domestic debt exchange program and the Suspension of its external debt, delivering a presentation during Ghana's debt restructuring forum, organised by CTFM and CTTV in collaboration with ASEP and Imani Africa. But Siemens urged government to broaden its consultation after reaching staff level agreement with the IMF. The government set up a committee of five eminent bankers, and the committee was tasked to go to the industry, engage with the industry, collect their feedback. And then on, based on that, the government will craft the
6: proposal. Then somewhere along the line, the committee met the interview only once. Um, it didn't submit a report of what the findings were to the industry back for, for feedback. We don't know
8: if it submitted a report to the government. But the government then went ahead and then came up with a proposal of how it was going to do the debt restructuring, which is reduce the amount of interest it pays significantly and stretch the time that it's going to take to pay by more than three times. Now, when we talk to the industry players, they say that, apart from that one meeting, there
5: has been no engagement, and nothing that is said to these eminent bankers have been reflected in the proposal. So this is a very significant issue because, as far as you know, those of us in civil society and the policy analysis committee is concerned, stakeholder consultations in order to collate views and the rest of it enriches the proposal, because you get a better sense of who... I, uh, it's likely to be more resistant to the suggestions that you may have in your mind already, and so some of these pension funds, issue and the rest, would have been caught up front
3: if the government had been more um, uh, connected to this stakeholder engagement. The cent- that was the vice president of Imani Center for Policy and Education, Bright Simmons. Finally, tax analyst Francis Boy has lauded the approval of the reduction in the e-levy rate and the subsequent restoration of the 100 cities threshold on daily transactions. The minority in Parliament succeeded in ensuring that government maintains the exemption on the electronic transfer levy as the rate was further reduced from 1.5% to 1% effective 2023. The levy had failed to meet all of its revenue targets since its introduction with players in the telco space raising concerns as the policy has led to a sharp reduction in the volume of Momo transactions. Speaking to City Business News, Mr Boyce stated that although the drop in the rate is commendable, a lower levy could improve compliance.
10: So as a consumer, I would say the reduction in the rate from 1.5% to 1% is certainly good for me, even though I would have wished that it comes down further to 05 In addition to the fact that the daily threshold of 100 cities is being maintained, if a tax policy has a reduced rate and consumers pay the tax without noticing it, I believe it becomes a better policy than those with higher rates where consumers pay and feel the pain, and therefore they begin to look for alternatives to run away from that tax. One of the assumptions prior to the intention of the e-levy was that it would be an efficient way to target the higher earning segments of the informal sector. You remember the informal sector operators are perceived as being under tax over the years and over the years governments have tried to tax them using different approaches yet the tax revenue from that sector is very minimal. So at that time the e-levy was seen as a way to tax them because people who use the electronic transaction among the, the informal sector was quite big.
3: Task analyst Francis Boyd there. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News, which was powered by citybusinessnews.com and sponsored by First National Bank. My name is Nashika Caesar. Up next is Point Blank.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
2: This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. My name is Umar Sanda Amadou. Tonight on Point Blank, we are going to Parliament House. The House is on recess, but not before passing a raft of bills and rejecting at least two. The minority side has been opposed to the cathedral. It succeeded before the House went on recess. The man who led the minority side is the chief whip for the minority and MP for Aswasi, Honorable Mohammed Muntaka Mubarak. He's joined us on the line for an assessment of Parliament thus far and what we should expect next year. Alaji, you're welcome to Eyewitness News.
7: Yeah, thank you. Good evening to you and your listeners.
2: Good evening. First of all, why do you always have to close late on the last day of sitting? You close at 4 a.m. today. You frustrated journalists, frustrated your own selves and everybody else. Is that supposed to be part of your work?
7: No, I mean, not at all. It's just so painful how we, we literally, for lack of better word, molest each other. Because you realize that, I mean... Those in government, they run the, the show. I mean, if you go to Asante or that's fifty-four, they call the business. And when they decide to do this frustration, and let me also admit, it did not start today. I mean, since I came to government, I don't know mm-hmm. the psychology of it, because if you could remember, and I don't know whether you're a reporter, or a matter reported Yesterday in the morning, one we didn't start sitting at ten. We started almost uh, 11 after 11. Then, for whatever reason, those who have a appropriation to deal with, they have government business to finish, decided to do two statements, one by the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, and the other by the Minister for EFN Sports. And I asked, why would they wait until the last day to make Yes, yeah, the May may be relevant and very important, but why would they wait for the, to do that on that day? Secondly, just after about an hour or two, or two into the proceedings, then they call for the Speaker to suspend the House, for them to go and have a one-hour caucus meeting. I mean, this is purely lack of coordination and then and, and, and proper organization. Then, one hour, 10 to three and a half hours. And I'm telling you that it's really, really very frustrating for all of us, and I, I, I really wish that we we'll one day have a majority leader that will be firm. And, and, and make sure that we don't go through the Look, it is just not good for our health. It is just not good for our health at all. It is very frustrating, energy snapping. And at the point in time, you're not careful, you start quarreling among yourself unnecessarily. But please, as it me, thank God we're able to, to rise uh, this down.
2: Does it not affect the quality of work that you do on the last day? So, would there be thoroughness in the work you do?
7: I can bet you someone has, so a lot of us have been arguing that it is because they don't want, those in government do not want proper scrutiny. That's why they try to push this business on those last days. Because I realized that yesterday, if you noticed, I don't know if you were there or your the reporter will notice, intermittently you see us quarreling and arguing, no, no, no. And then you see them crossing to our side trying to lobby at and say, no, why is that? Why are you doing this? Because I remember very well in the morning, I said, look, today is the last day. Please tell us which businesses are so evident that we need to do. We all know that different we have to finish all the estimates of the m We need to do the appropriation. The task was, I mean, it's not all of them. That must mandatorily be done before January. Some of them can come after January. So decide which ones we are going to do. And you know the trick? They will tell you, that, oh, if we do just this about trade business, then we can rise. Then as you progress, then they'll be added. You see addendum, one, addendum paper. Then they start pushing. Then you see ministers now say, if we don't do this, it has an it. You only woke up this morning to know that this business has expired date, or this particular activity or loan or something has expired it. If you don't take it by the time we come in January, uh, the country will lose it. Since when did you notice this? You just don't want proper scrutiny. You don't want to be oversight properly. So you bring them at a time that Members are so tired, people are so exhausted, so they cannot even have the spectacle to go through and make sure that all the dots are, uh, all the eyes are dotted and then the T's are crossed. And I think that's just not fair. I, I, I believe that we, we, we are not just being fair to but when we, we do this and push the house to this level where it becomes close to impossible for the members of parliament to give us their very best
2: Yes, but would that then mean that what you did last night was half-baked, or despite the challenges, you still did a good job?
7: Well, I must admit, we did the best that we could under the given circumstances. I mean, you notice that, for example, last night, I mean, we pushed so hard to get the cathedral expenditure out of appropriation. We pushed so hard to get the contingency vote that they had gone to uh, allocate 1.4 billion and reduce to 500. You pushed so hard I mean, you've seen in the appropriation the issue about the, uh, the international conference centre. I mean, shelved. You've seen the opening of three new embassy shops. You've a lot of effort. I mean, you, we we I really commend my colleagues on the on the majority for the kind of uh, teamwork and dedication that uh, was shown. We we really pushed very hard. Yes. Uh, very painfully, we, we had to lose the, the, device which was uh, demoralizing. But thank God, I know we've been able to talk some of the sources. It is our hope and prayer that, uh, we'll improve on what we are doing. But believe me, I will say that, uh, what we've done is just half big. I can say that we could have done better if we had more time to be able to scrutinize and make sure that almost everything is properly, uh, done. That no that not, that notwithstanding. I wouldn't say that uh, the work that we did is very poor. If you ask me to score between uh scale of 1 to 10, I'll probably say, I mean, uh, maybe we can score ourselves 7 or 8. When well, probably, if we had time, we could be doing 9 or 9.5.
2: Let's talk about the big t- ticket issues now. So, VAT, uh, you did not succeed. What went wrong with your whip system? Because... No. I heard you at a point suggest, not you, I think I spoke to Honorable Blackwa earlier on the show yesterday and he suggested to me that you guys had the numbers, which presuppose that the other side didn't have the numbers. How did you lose that vote?
7: No, you know that, uh, Sander, our total number that we had available for the work was one hundred and thirty six. Yes. And our colleagues opposite have their number, even if you exclude a who has the independent person, they have 137. And I can bet you at a point in time, when we started, we were way ahead of them. Our numbers were better than them. I remember at a point in time, we were 130, they were about 124. Then we moved to about 132. Because of which we keep counting almost every 15 minutes, you are making sure who is not around, you keep calling, you make sure, because after the two days ago, every one of us were around, the 136. We were sure everybody was going to be there. Then, Yesterday in the morning, we were very sure that... Uh, remember, sometimes the difficulty that the whips have is that you have a Sander as a member of your caucus. has yes, major challenge. But you try to look at which ones can be managed. For example, I mean, one of our colleagues lost the mother. He, he did the funeral on a, on a Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday is needed in the chamber. Believe me, that's very, very tough because there are a lot of witnesses that have come far and near in the family house but we still have to plead with him to, to still bear with us. I know one of our colleagues who had delivered twins. The twins are even in the incubator. We need to plead with her, try to get some medical assistance to support her so that she'll be, she'll, she'll be around. Unfortunately, one of us was not well. And Sanders, I have been away for over a decade there have been instances where I brought members in, 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 in DRIPS but obviously I would not want to extend the life of a member because of a single vote. So when it becomes very life-threatening and you see it, and then that's why we have a medical team, some of our own colleagues, are doctors, they say, look, with this one, the situation, the way it is, if we joke, the stress, it may be something else. Definitely, you have nothing you can do more than to exclude And yesterday, unfortunately for us, the day that I really wanted all my 136, I had one challenge, and I was left only 135. Another time we were doing the Cachilla, for example. If you notice, our colleagues were prolonging the debate. We debated for almost two hours because they didn't have their numbers. And they were hoping and because they were whipping, they were trying to get everybody, but consistently we were ahead of them. And they had to, I mean, came in. Just as they came in and we had to start the bad, then unfortunately for us, their number, uh, they, they had a better number than us. But because of our principal position, I caught insisting, learning from the e-lady, because at the point I was say, oh, we should work out. said, no, let's not work out. Let's stay, let's fight, let's give our very best, the number that we have. Let's, let it show that we stood against this. Yes, that's the essence of democracy. There are always uh, one of two outcomes you are either winning or we are losing. Unfortunately, we lost because critically at the time that we needed all the one to of us, one of us was critically could not be available but understandably, we were hoping that some of the our uh, colleagues of who had given us some assurances in the morning I mean, in the morning I remember when of our oh, of that would not work. I said, look, leader, I was telling my leader, please, let's discount this. Let's just work and keep our strategy. These are the guys who promised us the vote of senator. We are going to be there. The, at the worst number we can get from them will be 50. When the time came, they all chicken out and, and walked away and left us. Let us work and keep our strategy and not be dependent on the, the guys opposite. Lord behold, the Sander. The very people who had assured well us as that, oh, 25 of will not be there. Before we could see that, all of them were sitting in the chamber. All of them. All, oh. the, all the guys who were giving us those assurances were all sitting in the chamber. And their number shot to 137. In fact, in the case of, uh, one of our colleagues, uh, Agent, he was in the house. And then he went to the uh, side, uh, office, uh, around the speakers, and he do off. That was how they even got the one thirty-seven because he was around, and you realize that for those who were in the house and, uh, and and knew the members very well, just as the voting was casted and then we were done, then someone went and saw him and woke him up, and he came. But the, the voting had, 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 had finished, meaning that they were, even had one thirty-seven against we uh, the one uh, thirty-five. But this was the best that we could do, and I mean, believe me, as a whip. I believe that we did the very best that we could. That's the number that we have. We couldn't have manufactured any more number. And obviously, because it's a public voting, I mean, you saw it, head count. You have to stand to be counted. You cannot expect anybody, no matter how courageous that person is, from up to the opposite end, to stand to be voted uh, with us, or someone within us with the minority standing mm. to vote, uh, to vote uh, with the opposite. Except that, that we are told we that
2: one, one of your members from the Greater Accra Region Caucus, a lady for that matter, we are told left for the US last night without your prior permission and approval, and that's how come you lost your vote. I forgot this from well, multiple I'm, members I'm, of I'm, parliament I'm, from your side. Yeah, I'm
7: sorry, no, i I don't discuss the internal caucus things uh, on, 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 on radio, but I can assure you that this is one of our most disciplined uh, member. I mean, I participated actively in every single thing that we did. But I'm not going to be discussing the private discussion between myself and that member, and I'm not going to put that in the public because it is an internal thing. And I can assure you, she's one of the most disciplined member of our caucus. She's very hardworking. She has always been there, and I can tell you that there was a genuine challenge. And as a way, act, we cannot hold that against her.
2: So you don't think she failed the caucus, and for that matter, the people you represent in the house, because a no, lot of I fingers mean, are think... being pointed at her, especially from members on your side who think that no, she let I mean, you down.
7: Uh, you see, uh, you see, uh, Sandra, I can tell you, yes, yeah, sometimes when this thing happens, it's very painful. I remember there was a day, one of our colleagues from Central Region was burying the sister, and we needed him. Badly in the, in the chamber. Equally, this was one of our most dedicated members. I mean, caucus meeting, you call caucus meeting at eight o'clock, you can be rest assured that by eight you get there as a group, he is there. Anytime you call, you'll be there. Very respectful, very hardworking, but he had to bury his sister. Once he was at the graveyard, we needed the vote. The guy took with escort, stronger, but before he got there, we are finished voting. He felt so bad. I have to encourage him that, look, you are not the type that should feel very bad. You are somebody who has been very supportive of this cause, very disciplined. But how can we hold it against you when you are burying your sister from the same mother, the same father? How can we say that abandon your, your, your sister and be here? We have so many other examples I can give you. There was one, one of our colleagues all the way in the OT region. His father, he is the first son of his father. The father died. The father is also a paramount chief, and we needed him in the chamber. He had to drive all this distance. Unfortunately, before he came, we were done, and he was almost in tears. I had to encourage him, because I can't hold it against that person. So sometimes you have very difficult situations where members genuinely, not out of their defiance or disrespect for the caucus, or trying to frustrate or or or, or, or Make the work of the caucus, uh, difficult. Have reasons not to be around. And me, as a whole, knowing that the fight or the battle is not just one-off. Because, something I can show you, in the next two years, you need that member again and again and again and again. You don't just have to throw that, uh, that, that member under the bus. You just have to encourage the person. Find out, I mean, how maybe in future, patterns could, could, could not be repeated. But believe me, as a group, I will not want to be discussing the details of uh, a member in the public. But one of the cardinal of a good group is to keep confidentiality and keep, keep uh, what you call secret. There are instances where our members will tell you, I will call you in my office, I will hear at you, I will virtually, like we always, like we are going to a blows and tell you all my peace of mind. But once we step out, I have to keep encouraging you to Be a disciplined member of our focus, and I've not had any instance in the last over a decade that I've been a whip where I have to write to the party to say that I'm withdrawing the whip on Marlos uh, because he's so indisciplined that I can no longer even uh, manage him or her. I've not had that incident, and I pray that I never get that kind of uh, incident within the focus.
2: Very well. What should we expect when you return from your side, especially? Well, we
7: continue to give out our very best. I mean, and the very best that we have is like you've seen us do over the period, where we expose any uh, ill ill, ill, ill motives from the the, the government, keeping the leg of the government by the fire, holding them accountable and working very hard, I mean, to prove to the, um, uh, the citizens of our country that we are a better alternative. One of our expectations also is that our colleagues' opposite, should learn, just like yesterday after they push, 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 they have to give up on this cathedral, that look, if we can build consensus on the number of the things that they want to do, it will be better for our country. This mentality of thinking that, oh, we are in government and we must have it our way, and then try to cocoon everybody to fall in line, it won't work. It will not work today, it won't work tomorrow, Yes, you may have this uh, sh- a slim majority that sometimes may work for you. But I remember most of the time, I mean, we will be in the majority. I mean, that's why I must tell you uh, that the last two years, Moana has not been able to do much. So mm-hmm. you have ministers who will travel. You have that who, who will not be available. So, but largely because we are not in government, we have more time than them. So most of the time we are in the majority. But when you build consensus, there is no longer about we and them. It will be about us as a country. Mm. And don't go generate all the business and finish. And then when you now come to the floor, that's when you want to engage. No, let us all engage. Remember this, Ely. When we started, and we started the negotiation last year,
6: when we were talking about,
7: look, we are vehemently against it. But our thinking is that, look, start with 0.5. Try and gather t- 300 thresholds. Let us start this way, that way. No, no, no. We say, okay. We even think that it's worst It's start at one. No, 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 no. It's start for five months. Now, today, yesterday, they were back to where we were telling them this is start. If they are listening to us, maybe all the negative came and the propaganda and all the negative issues that were said about the EDV that discouraged very genuine Ghanaians from even carrying out the uh, 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 Momo transaction and what have you, maybe it would have happened, and maybe the EDV would, uh, would have succeeded better. Now, if they don't learn from this, and engage, and make sure that we build consensus right from the beginning, where we, all of us, come to the look. This one, take this one, I'll put this one, this one, will know, we'll be detrimental, mm. And you control this posture of they are the majority, and therefore they must have their way. As I assure you that 2023, 2024, as you may know, the closer the election, the tougher it will be.
2: Thank you so much, Alaji. We look forward to working with you again next year. It's been great working with you this year. Thank you so much. Thank
7: you very much.
2: I have a good night. You too. That's Alaji Mohamed Muntaka Mubarak. He a member of Parliament for Aswase and the Minority Chief Whip in the House of Parliament. That's how we end tonight's edition of Eyewitness News. My name is Umaru Sanda Amado. I was here with Nashika Siza. Production by Bevlin London, Zoe abu and Fred Tete Jabano. The technical support came through from Desmond Nyako and, of course, there was a, a social media support from the new media team of CTFM. And City TV, Edwin Kwakofi was on the seat tonight. Have a good night.
4: City news. We speak first.